Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. Ushers, you could receive the offering. And we are in the second part of our series, The Best is Yet to Come. I don't know about you, but I'm believing that. Amen. Because if God is in our future, the best truly is yet to come. So open your heart to his word tonight. And let's welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Amen, amen, amen. An exciting time, exciting weekend, exciting year we're looking, we're looking, to, looking forward to. Amen. And I'm really, really glad that you're here with us this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen. We had an amazing thing happen this week. I don't know if you, you realize it or not, but we stepped into a new year. We stepped into a new decade. And we stepped into new opportunities. Amen? If you, if you can't say it with all confidence and say it by faith, we stepped into new opportunities. Amen? You realize that amen means so be it. I don't know if we do, because so many you know, American Christians, they just... Uh, amen. Everything's amen. You even hear unbelievers say amen. They don't know what they're saying. Amen. <laughs> amen means so be it. So make sure you're aware of what you're saying. So be it too. Amen. We got a good year ahead of us. Amen. We got great opportunities. Amen. Good. So last weekend we started out reminding ourselves of a few facts. If you weren't here, please make sure that you go online and, and watch the, uh, the message from last weekend. We concentrated a lot of attention upon the fact that we have been created by God to be dreamers. No, we don't dream enough. Too many of us are just, just, just tolerating life, just floating by, just, just, you know, if I can make it through the week. That's not what God created us for. God created us to be dreamers. God gave us creativity. God gave us imagination. He gave us imagination to be able to imagine and to see beforehand the things that he desires to bring into the earth. And so he created you and I with the ability to think and the ability to speak and the ability to take action. So start dreaming. Yeah, that went over real big. Start dreaming. And don't just say amen to pacify me. Say amen because you need to dream. When you stop dreaming, you might as well go to the funeral home and start making your arrangements. We're created to dream. He's built us that way. God created us to be builders. He created us to be organizers. He created us to be planners. He created us to be people of greatness. Okay? So, start dreaming. Tell God, tell God to give you his dreams for your life. Don't be satisfied with your dreams. And if your dream could be easily accomplished, it's probably not the, the dream that God has for you. Usually God places a dream in your heart that you have to depend on him to bring to pass. You missed another great opportunity. And the fact is this, that each one of us, and I'm not just throwing out cliches here, please hear my heart. I believe that this is the year that we're supposed to stir each other up. This is the year that we're supposed to start believing God for big things. This is the year we're supposed to let God bring us into stuff that we dreamed about and said, oh, it could never happen. Yes, it can. Because to, because to God, there's nothing impossible, right? Yeah. But guess what? Jesus said, to him who believes, nothing shall be impossible. Yeah. We got to put our believing together with God's dreams. Yeah. 
He works through frail human beings, just like you and I. And it honors him. Listen to me, it honors him. When we dream big and we put ourselves in a position where only God can bring that to pass, that brings honor to him. You listening to me? We want to honor him. We want to to say, Father, we're here to cooperate with you. What do you want me to accomplish in this life? What mark do you want me to leave? What impact do you want me to make? And unfortunately, what happens is when we experience failure from time to time, failure causes us, causes fear to set in on us. It comes sometimes, it just comes on you like, like somebody threw a blanket on you. And all of a sudden, fear will come. And that fear drains us of our identity. It stops us from identifying with our creator and with our savior. And it causes us to start identifying with the enemy of our soul, who uses fear, who uses intimidation, who uses, just tries to paralyze us so that we can't move forward and trust in God. Amen? Amen. So I, I, I told the congregation last weekend that uh, in, in, in waiting on the Holy Spirit to hear what the emphasis was going to be for, for 2020, I heard something was like, oh my gosh, I can't, this is like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to come to pass? You know, I felt like Mary when Gabriel came. Because I heard this, we're going from pitiful to powerful. From, say that with me, from pitiful to powerful. Turn to somebody and say it to them. We're going from pitiful to powerful. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of the pitiful. Amen. <laughs> but the only way that you and I are going to experience our best is if by entertaining that mindset, start seeing yourself not being pitiful. Start seeing yourself being powerful. Start seeing yourself not being intimidated. Start seeing yourself believing God for big things. Start, if you don't see it here, you can't get it. It's got to be alive on the inside first. And we know in 2020, we cannot bring our pitiful into our powerful. We've got to let some things go. We've got we've to put the past behind. I mean, we've got to be intentional about it. We can't just say it. You know, you know, these next few weeks, people are still talking different. These next few weeks, people will be talking different. It might last a month. But I'm not concerned about now I am concerned about five, six weeks from now when we forget and we start allowing the the, the past to creep back up again. You've got to actively put it out of your life, actively speak to say, no, 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 you're not coming with me. I I, I put up with you enough the past few years. You conduct thoughts, attitudes, mindsets. You don't fit in my 2020. We got to say no to last year's offenses. We got to say no to last year's unforgiveness. Last year's sin has got to go in the name of Jesus. We've got to say to our past, no, 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 there's no room for you. No, there's no room for you. You can't come. No matter how much you want, you can't come. I'm going fresh and I'm going free. Isaiah 43. Now I'm just, I'm just reviewing, okay? Isaiah 43, 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I spent a lot of time on this last weekend. Please, go on the website. Go to our, 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 our uh, archive. Go look up the message from last weekend and watch that. In the first instruction, we see that the prophet speaks under the inspiration of, of the Holy Spirit. 
But he says, if you're going to step into the new thing, you've got to get rid of the former thing. You've got to get rid of the former thing. I, I just, that's very real to me right now. Got to get rid of the former things. There were mindsets, there were patterns of thinking, there were even patterns of life, lifestyles that have got to go. They cannot come into 2020 or they're going to hinder you. They're going to stop you. You're going to, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. And God's plans are always way bigger than, than our plans. I pray in the name of Jesus that we apply the Ephesians 3.20 principle to our lives. In this, in, this, in this new year now, that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we could ever ask or think. In other words, he'll blow your mind if you let him. Yes. Got to do a whole lot more stirring up here, I could see. <laughs> he said, don't remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Get rid of the former way of doing things. That's what the message is from the prophet Isaiah. God speaking through that prophet is trying to get the nation of Israel of his time to think different, to see him different, to act different, to start moving in a different way. Amen? And he's saying the same thing to us. He's saying this, listen to me, he's saying the same thing to us in 2020. There's an emphasis there. Step out of the former. Step out of the former. Step into the new. Don't be afraid. Don't try to figure it out. Step into the new. And it starts in your mind. The most dangerous thing a person can do is to try to move physically and geographically into an area that he or she has not yet seized in here. Man, I'm talking to somebody. It's the most dangerous thing in the world to go step out into something until you on the inside know that's mine. That's mine. I remember when my wife and I... Uh, took a trip to see the Bayville, what is now our Bayville campus, okay? And I looked to my wife for confirmations and some things. Not that she's not the Holy Spirit, but I know that the Holy Spirit will use her at times. And uh, as, soon as, as soon as we got in there, as soon as we pulled in the park, now I had been there already, but as soon as we pulled in the parking lot and she was with me that day, she stepped out of that car and, and, and she's done it other times too. She stepped out of her car and she said, oh my gosh, this is ours. This is our church. This is our property. I said, I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, I believe that too. I'm, I said, I'm glad you're on board. And that, now look at look what happened. Bayville, our Bayville campus thrives. Amen. Thrives. Amen. Hundreds of families call that place home now. You listening to me? And I don't know, I'm speaking to the Bayville campus even now. They thrive. But you see, it had to start here first. It had to start here first. We had to see it here first. And there's things that God wants you to step into in this new year, but, but you're, not, you're, not, you're not grasping it. Whew. You're not grasping it. Uh, some of you are almost afraid to let him form that picture on the inside because you've had some failures in the past. You're afraid. You've allowed yourself to tolerate your life, and you've grown, you've grown tolerant, and you've grown comfortable, and yet the Holy Spirit is wanting to prompt you, wanting to move you, wanting to get you to believe for more. And when I say believe for more, I mean believe for more, to be, to be fulfilling more of the plan of God for your life. 
and, and, you're, and you're concerned. What if? What if? Well, what if it works? And what if it explodes and becomes something very big? And what if it affects thousands of people's lives? And what if your life turns around and it's something that, that, that you never in a million years could have imagined? But yet, yet, right now you're afraid to, you're afraid to believe God. You're afraid to, to speak it. You're afraid to see it. And I'm telling you, I'm, 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 if I'm your pastor, if this is your church, I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to start letting God formulate that picture on the inside of what he wants to do in your life. It might be a career. It may be some type of a profession. It might be a business. It may be a ministry. It could be a, a, a family, a marriage. And some of you have had some bad uh, experiences, and so you're afraid now. But God never dwells where there's fear. And as long as you keep entertaining fear, you're, you're stopping him from showing you what the next thing is and what the next level is in life. Amen? Amen. Let's say this all together. Father, Father in, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I resist fear. I resist, fear. I resist intimidation. I, resist intimidation. I, I am allowing you, Father, I allowing you, Father to, develop that picture, to develop that picture on the inside of me, inside of, me of who I really am in your sight and what I'm really supposed to be accomplishing with my life. Do it, Lord. I say amen to it. I say so be it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now rejoice like you got it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the prophet says, get out of the old and get into the new. Jump in, jump in, jump in. God says, don't worry about the forest before you. I'll make a road through the wilderness. And he goes, and then the desert places where it seems like it's dry and it seems like there's no life and it seems like there's nothing there to sustain you. He said, I'll make a river appear in that desert. Hallelujah. Stop saying I'm too old. Stop saying I'm too young. Stop saying I'm uneducated. Stop saying that's not my personality. The anointing's supposed to change your personality, so your personality doesn't mean a thing. Amen. Amen. No one in my family's ever done that before. Doesn't matter. You be the first one. God loves pioneers. Stop saying those things. Stop saying I'm afraid I'll fall or fail. You keep talking like that, and you're going to stay exactly in the position that that you are. And years to come, decades to come, you're going to look back and say, I should have obeyed God. I should have obeyed God. Now, Paul caught a hold of this truth. Because Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul, Saul didn't have a good start in life. Saul was on his way to hell, even though he was the most religious person of his time. Even though he felt like he was serving God, he got it wrong. And he caught himself. Thank God he allowed Jesus to catch him. Every once in a while, you've got to let the Holy Ghost catch you. Amen. And so in Philippians chapter 3, he's looking back on all these things. And he says, it's recorded for us in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. You're going to have to walk away from some things. This is not a popular message in the church today. But the truth of the matter is there is a price to pay to follow God. There is a cost to operating in the power of God. 
It's going to cost you. There's some things you're going to have to walk away. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to have to walk away from some things. If you're going to follow him. She says, I also, call, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, which is a very polite word. Because if you look at the original word, Paul wasn't that polite. That I may gain Christ to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. He realized, I've been trying to act righteous all these years. I've been doing all this stuff. I, I caused a lot of havoc. I caused chaos. All the Christians were afraid of me. He said, I, I, he said I, you know, I, I don't want my own type of righteousness. That came from the law. It was legalistic. The intention was not to bring the grace of God, the compassion of God. The intention was more to point out people's sin and where they were wrong. He said, but I want that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And thank God we've all found that. Amen? Amen. 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 Then he goes on to verse 10. Here's the cry of his heart, which caused him, see, see it's, oh my God, this is good. It's the cry of your heart that will cause you to walk away from the things that made you comfortable, made you satisfied, but did not allow you to press on to God. What is the cry of your heart? What is it in this season of life? Paul says, in verse 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, by, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. He, said, he goes, look, I know I'm not there yet, but at least I'm heading in the right direction. How many of, you, how many of us can say that right now? I'm not there yet, but we're heading in the right direction. At least I'm not going where I was going before. Amen? He said, but look at this, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. There is something that Christ has laid hold of you to accomplish. His hand is on you. Let him steer you. Let him hold you back when he needs to. Let him release you when he needs to. But there is something that every single one of us has that God wants us to accomplish or to become or to be. And Paul said, I'm pressing on. Yes. Um, now listen, if he has to say I'm pressing on, he didn't say I'm floating by. He didn't say I'm skipping on. He said, I'm what? I'm pressing. Now in order for, for, for him to use that word press, that means there's something on the other side that is blocking And there's things in our lives that block us. And it's usually in that category of former things. You listening? He said, I'm, I'm pressing on. I'm letting go. Verse 13. Look at this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. He must have been reading the book of Isaiah. He must have been reading Isaiah 43 when he wrote this letter to the Philippian church because look what he says. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are where? Forgetting those things that, you're where, that are where? Behind. And reaching where? Forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He recognized it doesn't come automatically. Turn to somebody and say it loud. It doesn't come automatically. You got to press on. You got to press on. You got to disconnect. You got to disconnect from the past and you got to press on. 
moving into the forward, moving into the future, moving, moving into what God has that you have not seen yet. Those things that block us or attempt to block us, those obstacles, they're very specific to our lives. I don't believe any two people have the same obstacles. Why? None of us are alike. I believe those obstacles are, are as unique as our fingerprints. You see, because you have an enemy that's been watching you since the day you were born. In fact, you have an enemy that's been watching not only you since the day you were born, but watching the generations in your family before you. And those devils understand the patterns in your family. Those that we, we call them familiar spirits. They're familiar with what's gone on in your life. They're familiar with generations in the past. They know the weaknesses that have the tendency to cling to certain families. And so the enemy will try then to put you in that same place and will use words of other people. Will say things like, hey, you're just like your uncle so-and-so. Or you're just like your grandfather. You're just like your father. You're just like this and that. And those words start to create things inside of us. They force us into patterns of life. And then one day you wake up and you go, oh my God, I am my father. Oh my God, I am my mother. Now, now that's not saying that every one of us should despise our past and despise our lineage. I'm not talking about that. But let's face it, every one of us have things that we should not be following an example. So, we need the grace of God to pull us out, and we need the grace of God to bring us in. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, one of my favorite verses of Scripture, especially from the book of Hebrews, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, how are you going to come boldly if you're constantly dwelling on your past? If you're constantly allowing the devil to speak to your mind and remind you of your failures, remind you of your sin, from the, remind you of, of all the things in the past that, that were wrong, the, the, the issues or the dysfunction that you might have grown up with. You see, if you keep thinking about those things, you're not going to be able to come boldly before the throne. You're going to come crawling before the throne. And God wants you to come as a child of God. God wants you to come as a son and a daughter. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I need grace to help me in time of need. I need, I need, I'm believing God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing you for the grace that we need for 2020. I thank you for the mercy for 2019. Mercy on 2019. But Father, I need the grace to empower me now to move forward in 2020. You catching this? And you can believe God for that. You can trust God for that grace. Because you see, that grace falls under the category of empowering you to do something that you can't do on your own. Grace empowers us. Amen? Amen. I don't want to get off here, but I could really preach on that one. Okay, so let me get into the message now. You see, your destiny and my destiny contains greatness because God designed us that way. But sometimes there's distractions that come into our lives complications. We lose sight of our dreams. We lose sight of who we were designed to be. And when we do, we live in a sense of failure and with a sense of hopelessness. And I hate that. I can think of years of my life spent in that, that hopeless cloud of just nothingness. We're just, it doesn't feel like anything matters. It feels like we're emotionless. It feels like I have no, no reason to get up in the morning. I remember 
years like that. And I don't ever want to live in that again. I don't know about you. At that point, life becomes, when you, when you start, see, when your life becomes void of expectancy, you start surviving instead of thriving. You get that mentality of just one more day. If I could just get through today, just get through today, just get through. That's not abundant life. You're just, just surviving. And yet God designed us to thrive. Jesus came and died on the cross for us to thrive in this life. Adam was supposed to thrive in the garden. God gave him everything. And Jesus came to restore back to us the position that Adam had in the universe, and especially on this planet. We're supposed to... See, when you're, when you're surviving, you're not reflecting his creativity. When you're just surviving, you're not reflecting his life. You're not living the Zoe life, the, the God kind of life when we survive. It's supposed to be super abundant. Now, let's walk through some, some dark times in order to get to a place of light and a place of restored life and restored fresh vision and fresh anointing and fresh expectancy and fresh faith for the future. But sometimes we go through some dark times in life. And in the Old Testament, in the book of Ezekiel, God shows the prophet a tragic vision. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out of the spirit, in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. Say valley. valley. And it was full of bones. Not a good thing. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. In other words, speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And so the prophet goes on to say, so I prophesied as I was commanded. What was he commanded to do? To speak life into what seemed completely dead and beyond any help. And yet God commands him to speak in faith. He says, so I, I, as I prophesied, there was a noise. And when God shows up on the scene, no matter how dead things are, there's a noise. And it's a noise of life. And it's like the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit. There was a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came on them, and skin covered over them. But there was no breath in them yet. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain. I want you to remember that because I'm going to come back to that phrase. Breathe on these slain. For what reason? That they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded. And breath came into them. Not only did they have a form of life, he breathed in and life came into them. And they lived and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. You have something in you 
You have a dream that God wants to bring to pass. And he wants to take that dream and he wants to breathe his life into it. And he wants to breathe into it so that it will stand on its feet and it will act like an exceeding great army. It will have power. And it will not only affect your life, it will not only affect, the dream is not supposed to only affect you. The the dream is supposed to bring you satisfaction, but the dream is supposed to impact everybody around you. Some of us have experienced this same type of vision. This is a vivid picture of what it means to be pitiful. No life, no power, no hope. What a terrible sight. God was showing the prophet, I believe. Now this is, can we we just, can I just step out of this for, for like 20 seconds? Now, I challenge you to go home and read this again. I believe, when I read this for the first time, I'll never forget this. 30-something years ago, probably close to 34 years ago, I read this for the first time, and all of a sudden I went, oh my God, that's the Holocaust. God was showing Ezekiel what was going to come to pass in the last century, this Holocaust. He said, look at this. These these were slain. These bones were then they were slain. And if if you're not aware of this, if it were not for the Holocaust, the nation of Israel would still be scattered all over the earth. It was because of the shocking, just shocking tragedy that took place that the world opinion turned in favor to give the nation of Israel their home again. And so this, this, this army, these bones, the dead, dry, no life, no skin, no, no identity came together because the Spirit of God began to breathe on people. And it stood up, and they, and they went to Israel, and they, they took that land, and they're continuing to take that land, and they're continuing to be this mighty, exceedingly great army. Yet, less than 80 years ago, they were a pile of bones. The enemy tried to destroy God's dream. Used individuals, demonically possessed individuals to try to destroy the remnant of the nation of Israel so that there would be no one for the Messiah to come back to. Boy, did that blow up in his face. God had made a promise to Abram. God had a dream about a nation, a nation of priests that would be holy unto him. And back then, in the furnaces of Auschwitz and in the, in, the, in the massive graveyards, mass burials, the enemy thought, this is it. I'm going to finally pull it off. God had other plans. He began to breathe into the hearts of individuals. He began to breathe. And out of those graves came that nation. And the enemy is trying to do the same thing in your life and my life. With you, maybe, maybe it's a marriage that died. Maybe it's a family that's been lost. Maybe it was a promising new career that got robbed from you. Maybe it was some form of ministry. You fill in the blanks. But something that, very, that was once very much alive to you now is a pile of bones. And it's so devastating to the prophet that he doesn't have an answer when he's asked, can these bones live? How many times have you had tragedy come into your life? 
People, people try to speak things. You know, well, you know, as time goes by, it'll get better. And you can't even answer them because your, your soul is so distraught over this devastation. All you see is dead bones. But my God, if you'll do what he says, if you'll begin to prophesy, I don't know that word, Pastor, well, if you begin to, by faith, open your mouth and begin to speak what God says about that situation, maybe it's a sickness or a disease, maybe it's some kind of uh, just abnormality in, in your child or whatever it is, a sickness or whatever it is, begin to speak, even though you, but you've been told it's hopeless. You've been told there's no way for this thing to come out good. You've been told they're never going to change. You're always going to be this way. If you'll start, if you'll, if you'll muster up the, the strength and the courage and the faith to begin to speak what God says, man, the bones will start rattling. And they'll start coming together. And the thing that looked hopeless will start to stand up and speak. And he says, then you'll know that I am the Lord. When that situation that looks so impossible turns around. And now it's standing on its feet and it's speaking and it's giving glory to God. Are you listening to me? God's commanding you to start speaking to those bones. That's the challenge for 2020. If you dare to have crazy enough unreasonable faith, if you will step out boldly and say what God says about that situation, God will back up your words with his power. He's waiting for you to speak. And, And life will once again enter into those dreams. Life will once again, oh my gosh, life will once again enter into that marriage. Life will once again enter into those, those hopes for, for the career or the promotion or the, or the, or the business or the, that profession. He'll start breathing on it. But he's waiting for you to speak. He, God is always waiting for somebody to speak. God waited for Jesus to speak about a fig tree. God waited for Jesus to speak about a storm in the middle of the lake. God waited. When God spoke, the Holy Spirit moved in Genesis chapter 1. God's always waiting for somebody to speak so that he can bring order out of chaos, so that he can bring life where there's been death, so that he can breathe the dust off of what seemed to be dead. He's waiting for us to speak. Listen, church. You've got a new story to write, and it doesn't look anything like the old story. You've got to reach forth. You've got to press on. You've got you to go after that new thing. Okay? You're going to need a fresh new consecration to the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen with the old consecration. You listening? There's, there's fresh oil that needs to come. There's fresh oil that needs to, be, that needs to develop. You know, back in the old temple, they only could use the oil for a certain amount of time. After that, went rancid. You had to, had to make a fresh new batch. You need a fresh, some of us need a fresh new batch. You need a fresh new batch. 2019's oil is not going to work in 2020. You need to get help. Go get the help that you need to get rid of the thing that so easily clings to you. You're going to need God's grace upon you. Amen? Amen. 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 Do you receive that? Yes. Amen. I'm going to pray. Just open up your hearts. I want you to receive this prayer. Father, uh, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask on behalf of every one of us, Lord God, 
for grace and for strength to let go of all that has held us back in the past. Father, we consecrate ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we ask for His, the Holy Spirit's immediate involvement in our lives to shed, to cast off, to lay aside every weight and every sin so that we may experience our personal best in 2020. Father, by faith we receive all that we've asked for, Lord God. Father, by faith we open up our hearts to you, God, and ask you to come and do the work that you need to do inside of us, Father. Lord, we humbly come to you and submit ourselves to you, God, that you would do the work that you need to do to bring us to the place where we can step into that which you have prepared for us in not only 2020, but from this point forward, Lord God. We expect this year to be very different, Father. We expect this year to be very much interactive between us and you, Lord God. And so we consecrate ourselves to you, God. We set ourselves apart for your use, Lord. Show us the things that we need to throw away. Show us the things that we need to push aside. Show us the, th- show us the thoughts that we, stop, we need to stop thinking. Show us the words we need to stop speaking. Show us, God. And then empower us, Father, so that we can press in and take hold of that which you have taken hold of us for. That we would, we would at the end of our lives, be content to say, God, use my life on this earth. Father, we receive this with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen. Listen. I have some specific instruction. It was not part of my notes, but I believe we're supposed to go in this direction. Some of you can't even imagine moving into 2020 and having it be different because you've been so overwhelmed with the things in the past. I'm just going to speak very boldly here, and I pray that you're mature enough to receive this. There's some of us that need to very boldly step out of our sin. Step out of sin that's been clinging, it's been trapping us. It's like, it's like shackles on your feet. Some of us just need to forgive. And we've been holding on to things because we feel like we're justified to hold on to this because we've been hurt. If you don't let go of that, life, I'm just telling you, life's just going to go downhill from here. If you do not let go of unforgiveness, but you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. And to be truthful with you, it's none of my business. But the Holy Spirit knows. And you've been forgiven much. And the Spirit of God says, to whom much has been forgiven, much is required. And you know better. And you've been the type that you'd be able to counsel somebody else, but when it comes to you, you keep wanting to justify this unforgiveness. You've got to let it go. You've got to let it go. No, no, no. You can't wait for them to come to you and say, I'm sorry, because it's probably not going to happen. Because the majority of the people that we end up, that we hold in unforgiveness, they don't even know that we're mad at them. <laughs> and the truth is, they're living their life. They moved on. They're enjoying their dinners. You're sitting at home with your stomach in knots. And you think that by you ingesting poison, you're going to hurt them. No, you got to let them go. You got to let them go. I'm telling you, you got to let it go. In fact, I'll, I'll go this far. I feel like I have permission to say this to some of you, that there's sickness and disease in your life. And you can't understand why you're not getting healed, but it's because of this unforgiveness. 
It's not, God's not withholding it. You're blocking it. Let it go. And so, if you fall in those categories of anything I just talked about, uh, there's going to be people up here that will pray with you. I want you to come up. I want you to be very honest. Look, we're all a family here. Okay? And just say, you know, I need prayer. I need prayer. I got these shackles off my legs, or you might have that, that, that unforgiveness that you need to, uh, um, to let per- somebody go. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. In fact, I'll give you an even more natural, practical instruction. Come up here for prayer, then go home and write a letter to that individual. Be as nasty as you want to be. And then rip it up and throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Don't put it on your computer. Don't type it out because it might, <laughs> it might end up getting saved there by accident. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> but just write, give all your feelings down. Just, just all your feelings down. But make sure you rip it up. If you've got a fireplace, that's even better yet. Amen? Amen. God wants us free. The Spirit of God wants us free. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. The Lord is saying, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But that liberty is there on deposit for you. It doesn't come automatic. If you'll get into this Spirit, if if you will lay aside the weights, if you will get rid of the sin that so easily besets us and clings to us, then the freedom will come and we'll experience more and more of the Spirit of God. We'll experience heights like never before. There are some of you that have been pursuing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come. It doesn't come. It doesn't come because there's blockages there. It's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to release that activity in your life. It's just your faith is being undermined because you know you're holding somebody in unforgiveness. I don't know how much more serious I can present this and how much sober. I feel like I've done what the Lord has wanted me to do. So why don't you all stand up? before we're dismissed. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for boldness to come upon this group of individuals here. Father, I pray that those that know that you're speaking to them, Father, would allow courage to rise up in them, Father. Would put aside the pride and with humility, Father, would become transparent in your sight so that they can be free. I trust you, Father, to use all of this tonight for your glory and that your people would experience freedom. And they would march on into the future and experience your glory and experience your power and experience the supernatural activity of the Holy Ghost like never before. I thank you for this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Those of you that want prayer, come on up. The rest of you, God bless you. Enjoy the weekend. Do not forget to be here next weekend. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.